come and join the adventures of the magical space pussycats. Explore and bookish horizons and have an in-depth lady chat. Hello and welcome to episode number 8 of the Magical Space Pussycats. We are back again and it is now 2017 so it's a new year all around and hopefully it will bring us lots of new exciting things to be talking about. So I am here, I am one of your hosts, Caitlin, and I live in England and I'm as always joined with my two other lovely ladies who will introduce themselves to you now. Uh, I'm Chelsea. I live in the Midwest United States, and I'm so fucking glad it's not 2016 anymore, <laughs> you guys. It feels so nice. I to don't not, think you're like, alone. Even if nothing's actually changed, it just feels so nice to not have to say it's 2016, <laughs> the year of garbage fire anymore. It's been a long year. <laughs> it's been such a long year. Like I feel like we literally just like ran a race, and now we're like at the beer and bagel tent that they have after the long race and you can like take a minute yeah like get a Gatorade and like take a breath I'm just slightly worried what's going to happen when we come out of the tent on the other side mm, but let's no, not go there mm, I'm never no, no, the tent. stay in the tent stay in the tent for just a little bit longer yes. give it like one day in the tent and then we'll fight on the other side yes. but like one day because we're here to talk about favorites we're here to talk about the things that we really liked in 2016 because like there was stuff even amongst all the not so great stuff, there were favorites and good things. There were so. many good things in 2016. Yeah. So we have uh, agreed on doing three books, three of our favorite books from 2016, and then a bonus round. Because <laughs> uh, we a need bonus a bonus round. round. Can be, yeah, and it can be another book or another piece of media or whatever you know we feel like recommending to you going into 2017. Yes, so. because we were all very traumatized by trying to pick just three. <laughs> yeah, very traumatized. I have I feel multiple like most lists. people can understand that. I have 23 things on my list. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Caitlin had to do the most cutting down. Yeah, I read I the most came books. In, like, mildly prepared, and Caitlin had to like. You do know that that's one like, percent of what I read. One yes. percent. Yeah, that's one percent. I just. Oh. Like, it's, it's hard for me, Chelsea. <laughs> I should have been allowed 30. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. God. comparatively, like, really, that is what she's got. Yeah. I literally came here with, like, three things. Well done. So well done. Just to, just to, you know, get some perspective. I've narrowed it down. We'll on. we'll do three. I can, I can okay. manage it. Okay. Shall we do... Well, in that case, should we do... One in turn? Uh, round... Yeah. Yeah. Should we do a round robin Let's take do turns. Do you want to go first? Caitlin, do, do I want to go first? Oh my gosh, yeah. the pressure. Okay. So um, I have a book on my list, which I think both of you have read before, or maybe you at least know about, which is The Left Hand of Darkness is on um. my list. I read it for the first time this year. It was my first Le Guin book, and I actually read it quite late in the year, um, so fairly recently, and it kind of blew my mind slightly and in all the best ways so elizabeth and i are both just like not <laughs> exactly <laughs> so it's like i have known about her for so long and i've had the is it the earth sea series by her i've had that on my uh-huh. shelf for ages and all i kept hearing was bad things from people they were like it's not that good and i was like getting really turned off her as an author even though i've never read anything it's all in my head and then I read this and I was like, okay, I love her. So now I've bought more of her books <laughs> and I think she might be one of my new favourites. 
I feel like I'm sitting here just nodding, being like, welcome, young Padawan. (laughs) Exactly. Welcome to the tribe. And I do feel like I'm, like, welcomed in, because it seems as though she's one of those authors that, like, lots of people love and know. Oh, yeah. Like, when you are a fan, like, yeah, it's a very good fan community. And just a good lesson in, like, not listening to some of the things people tell you. Yeah, Like, you should always try something for yourself, because it might work for you. I mean, her science fiction definitely does. I haven't tried the fantasy, but I'm definitely going to now. But I feel like reading her books, like, especially for the first time, if you went for Left Hand of Darkness, Mm. I I started with Wizard of Earthsea, and it was good, but Mm. when you come to the the Hainish cycle and you, like, jump in, and it's just, it is an experience. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's really quite special. I just possessed for like the first yeah. time in a decade. And I think uh, it's like... Probably like a month ago. I find science fiction a hard one anyway because I'm not hugely into science generally. Like I find some of the ideas in science really cool and then some of them I could just do without in books. Like I don't need the technical side of things that much. And this one doesn't deal with the technical mm-hmm. science too much. It's a lot more people-based and like these yeah. new ideas and stuff so i like that mm-hmm. so that's on my list that's my first pick yeah on the list. that is a solid a solid first pick yes and and a lady a vault choice we like exactly. it exactly yes very Wanted much to so. stay on the themes who's uh, going do next do you want to go with this <laughs> yes now well, i've sipped my tea okay. <laughs> yeah. uh so timed that impeccably yes my first choice is going to be I think fairly obvious I can't I think I've spoken about this book constantly since I read it and that is The Book of Phoenix by Nnedi Okorafor mm. it yeah. was just magnificent like, like I was saying about Le Guin it was an experience reading it and it was truly magnificent it's about a, a young woman who's like a genetic experiment and then she finds out the truths about her world because she's lived a very confined life and it's just it's like the most beautiful expression of rage and yeah. anger I've ever read. <laughs> yeah, I mean, A Court of Four's words are always beautiful, but that book is a gut punch, man. Like, yeah. the, the way she handles, like you were saying, rage and some of those all-consuming feelings is... She does a very good yeah. job. And it's a beautiful sort of... I like how she combines science fiction and fantasy. I saw mm-hmm. uh, she ha- said her editor describes her bo- books as magical futurism, Oh, that's a good term. Yeah. I like that. It's that's kind cool. of, you know, it's working off the Afrofuturism thing, which is the books very much are because it's that combination of mythology and like scientific fantasy mm-hmm. future stuff. But it's just, yeah, it's that perfect blend of the two when you get that yeah. mythologies coming in and strange, unexplainable things, but you do think there's probably an explanation that we just don't know. And the whole book is, in fact, an explanation of how the world became the world in Who Fears Death, which is her very mm-hmm. famous like World Fantasy Award winning book that I haven't read yet. So <laughs> now I have to read it. Yay! Well, you can look forward to that, though. I am very yeah. excited for it. I do still need to read that one, but I own it. I have it. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. Well, and that's a theme that she keeps do, like tackling again and again, and she's just as so good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so my first pick is going to be a little bit of a cheat because I tried to impose a rule on myself that I wouldn't talk about anything that I had talked about in my favorites video on my YouTube channel. So technically, I did not talk about this book. I did talk about the series that this book belongs to. Um, <laughs> Which I also talked about last episode and have literally talked about 
to every single person I've met on the internet for the last, like, six weeks. Um, this is the fourth book in the Beyond series. It's called Beyond Jealousy. And I picked this book because this book has one of the best written um, bisexual three-way romances that I've read in a book, possibly ever, but at least within recent memory. Um, there is an extra layer of complication to handling relationship dynamics when there are three adults involved, especially when two of them are the same gender. Um, and so this book manages to tackle that alongside like conversations about masculinity and femininity and feminism and just it's all so good and Kit Roka just wraps it all up in like leather and tattoos and it's just <laughs> it's really hot and like really intelligent and so while I would recommend the whole series in general the Beyond Jealousy specifically was one of my favorite books mm. in the series so that was where I read up first. to Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was to say that's the it comes right after the first three bundle, which is why like I kind of feel bad, but I always want to tell people like I know it's a lot to ask to read three whole books, but like just do it and read the fourth one because the fourth one is so good. <laughs> well, the first three, to be fair, are a free and b like take about an hour each. Like you can swallow yeah. those books; they're just like ooh nom 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 yeah. nom. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. they are they're so easy to read and just compulsive almost because. It's got mm-hmm. that arc of, like, romance, but also the drama of the world that they're living yeah, like in. Yeah, like, there's shit happening, yeah. and also it's really hot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's easy, surprisingly easy to just devour them. Yeah, so um, it's the only one that I had to buy, and I was, you know, happy to do so after getting three for free. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you know, you're you into the world and the characters then. So yeah. it was good. It was interesting to finally see, like, a a, a romance universe deal with polyamory. Like, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not deep into romance. I haven't read tons of it, but it mm-hmm. it was just nice to see that because I've not I've not come across it before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Although I wasn't as, uh, as enamored as you are. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's fair. And I will own that. I fell for those books real hard. So, full <laughs> caveat. I am looking through lenses of, of unabashed adoration. So... <laughs> Uh, all right, what do you? What's next on your list, Caitlin? What's next on my list is really hard because I've been staring at my list the whole time you two have been talking, and I'm like, which ones do I go for? <laughs> but I've decided I'm gonna cheat and do two because I'm ignoring the rules, and I think <gasps> they're really, I think oh. they're really comparable to each other. So I think that they kind of go hand in hand. And I actually bought both of these books for Chelsea for Christmas. So they're both on my top. Like, I am so happy with short story collections this year. I I sort of got majorly into it this year, um, particularly magical realism, sci-fi, fantasy ones. And I actually have two science fiction-y ones that have come out on top for me, and that is The Paper Menagerie by Ken Liu, which I loved, and also Mm. Stories of Your Life and Others, which is by Ted Chang. And I read that one literally two days ago, so that's a very recent. And I read Paper Menagerie, I think a few months ago now. Both of them were just breathtaking. The science in those books, I said to you guys earlier, I don't really like technical stuff, but they are technical and emotional and beautiful. And every story is like magic. It's just so good. (laughs) (laughs) Every single story. And I don't often read... um, 
collections where I love every story because there's always a few that you're like, uh, it was all right. But this one, I think, or both of them, I can say that there wasn't a story in there that I didn't like. All of them I liked mm-hmm. and most of them I loved. So it was just marvellous. Absolutely marvellous. So I'm going to say those two and cheat and do two all at once. <laughs> I would recommend both and I think they're amazing. So <laughs> you should both read them. I know you haven't either, Elizabeth. So both no. of you should just read mm-hmm. them right now. Well, you you did get me the paper menagerie, <laughs> I so did I'm get taking you the paper it menagerie, as a hint. So. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. a strong. I say, I've read the title story, and I read the one from uh, Stories of Your Life that Arrival is based on. Oh I yeah, to read I love it before that one I saw the movie. So much. And both of those individual stories are fantastic. So I am very much so looking forward to getting into the whole collection. I'm like you, Caitlin. Much like with most like CDs and other forms of like collected media. It's hard to love everything, so yeah. it's it's a solid recommendation to hear that, like, as a collection, everything works out. Like, yeah, I love I finding a collection that you can just, like, sit down and read through, and you don't feel like it's broken up pieces. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah. you can tell that they're all written by the same author, because they've all got a really good style to them, and, like, they feel accomplished. And you can tell that mm-hmm. these two authors have written short fiction and got awards for it. Like, they deserve that. But also every story feels really original. Every story has its own thing going on, its own narrative voice, its own plot and its own system of science or magic or religion or whatever it is that we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And I just love that. So highly recommend those two, which are my second choice. They're tied. I suppose we shall accept it even (laughs) though you cheat. Well, dirty, dirty cheat. They're close enough. Okay, Elizabeth? Okay, choice two. This is so, it's so hard now. I'm like narrowing oh, things no, down and horrible. it hurts me. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go for A Natural History of Dragons oh, by Mary Brennan. So I, I'm so glad you wrecked it because yes. I was tempted to talk about it. Yeah, so it was so on my list as well, so thank yeah. God for that. <laughs> I can't believe I haven't read these books before this year. I like know, it's the first in a series. The fifth one came out this year. I think the fifth one comes out in 2017. Anyway, it's it's well into the series now, and it's absolutely magnificent, and particularly this first book. Um, It's written as the memoirs of Lady Trent, so she's writing her life story and how she got into um, her profession as a natural historian focusing on dragons, and it's set in a fantasy universe where dragons exist, and it's just beautiful. It's kind of like Victorian-esque. And mm-hmm. what it focuses on more than the dragons, because it's about her life sort of hunting for dragons or doing science, is about her struggle to be accepted as a scientist and trying to do this as a woman. And that first book really brought that home of how difficult it was. And it was just the most beautiful combination of kind of scientific memoir and like feminist rage and beautiful beautiful (laughs) love story and dragons and adventure and amazingness it's just kind of Mm -hmm. everything that you hope you will see when you come to a book it's like got a bit of everything and Mm -hmm. the characters in there are just real like yeah they feel like real characters real people who are dealing with shit (laughs) and having to put up with shit and you know I just I love it we all love it it's a lovely series I was say I listened to the audiobook that was uh, narrated by Kate Redding and it Mm. is 
fantastic. Yeah, so would recommend. I that. can also highly recommend it on audio. They are. It's just. They're just so delightful. It's just so nice to read a book that is about lady science and being a lady and dealing and with dragons. all of the lady things. <laughs> and then the also dragons. Thing. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> like some of the later books, she deals very honestly with lady things. There's like yeah. you know, childbirth, being a mother, periods, mm-hmm. like miscarriage. And it's she deals with all the hard stuff, but also with all the like... The be how you balance that with being a professional, and it's just mm-hmm. oh, it's also God. very adventury. It yes. reminded me a lot of the adventure books that I read when I was much younger, when I was in like middle yeah. grade age, like early elementary. Robinson Crusoe and tree houses and jungle explorations, and she dives off waterfalls, and it's just it's such a good mixture of all of those yeah. things that they're just delightful. I feel like yeah. you and could you just have hand like five books to get ready to read. Yes, so. you can hand yeah. it to like young women, like girls mm-hmm. and just be like read this and be Please. an adventurer <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. it's good it's very very good solid choice and now that you mention that i can take that off my list so i'll choose something <laughs> else <laughs> we'll just do shared favorites yeah there you go well, that's good that's like a triple recommendation we've all yeah there you, go. So. there you go chelsea what is your second okay, my choice? next one uh Okay, uh, my next one's going to be a graphic novel. I have heard very few people talking about this, but I adored it when I read it. It's called I Hate Fairyland, (laughs) uh, Volume 1, Madly Ever After. It was by Scotty Young. I've seen, I'm pretty sure Caitlin read it. I have read it, And Elizabeth, did you also read it? I haven't. Okay. Um, So like I said, a a couple people I've seen it around, but I just feel like it hasn't gotten the love it deserves. (laughs) This... This story is about a very, very young girl who essentially gets kind of sucked into fairyland and she's given the quest like, oh, all you have to do is find the key to open the door and you can go home. And she's like six, seven when this happens. And, you know, it's a quest she's thinking it's going to take like a day. And then it takes her 40 years and she still hasn't found this key. So she has been aging, but her body hasn't because of the magic of fairyland. So now she is this pissed off potty mouthed angry violent woman who just wants to go back to her real life working her way around fairyland and she is murdering everyone and swearing up a storm and it's all done in these bright technicolors and these bold lines (laughs) it's just I really really loved it and I didn't really know what was going to happen going into it but I saw the cover and I knew with the art style that I had to pick it up yeah so then I picked it up and it was so like this is an adult comic book, like with all the asterisks. <laughs> you don't want to accidentally buy this for your kid. And yeah, like it, it is it actually. Looks like it would. Yeah. The art style like, does look like it could be a kid's one, but it is actually called Fuck Fairyland. Um, and you have to buy the I Hate Fairyland editions. You can get Fuck Fairyland editions over here mm-hmm. as well. So yes, it's, it's definitely um, explicit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but so that is my um recommendation it's still an ongoing <laughs> series the single issues are still coming out i think i think volume two they either are just about to or have now, just come out with uh, volume two yeah. i think there's a second trade volume um that came out but it's still ongoing definitely highly recommend um <laughs> definitely if a fun one. just yeah it's just really fun and it just made me laugh out loud several times and it's just horrible and all the best (laughs) it sounds fantastic and it like reminds me of one of my favorite things which is um 
like taking a traditional like fairy tale or myth or legend or whatever and then just like questioning the shit out of it and being like mm. it reminded me a lot of that Diana Wynne Jones book where she talks about like traveling through fantasy books it and can. how like the rules of fantasy work but in like graphic novel form because mm. there's a lot of poking fun at like the quest narrative and like having to defeat your villains and accomplish certain things and she's battling an evil queen and it just it's it's highly enjoyable excellent <laughs> good choices okay all right caitlin this is your last official round recommendation three. before <laughs> the bonus round round three okay well this one is a slight cheat as well but it's also a great time to recommend this one because it's not out yet but it comes out in january and so it's coming out super soon <laughs> and we should all buy it because i bloody love this book it's called Caraval, and it's by Stephanie Garber. It is a YA um, fantasy book, and it's about these two young sisters who live on an island. This world is largely divided into islands. They're quite isolated. They don't really have a lot going on on the island, a lot of prospects, and their father is abusive to them. He lost his wife and has since become very abusive. So they're kind of trapped there, and they just want to get away and live a life. Besides that, we also have this caravel that happens every I think it's every few years or maybe every year and it's this kind of traveling circus traveling performance that happens never on the island that they're on they hear about it every year because it's kind of this rumored thing that goes on and it's just like the most sensual dark deep magical mysterious kind of thing that goes on it's it's really really cool and it completely reminded me of the night circus which is not something mm, yeah. i compare books to because when i hear that a book is like the night circus i'm like i'm gonna be disappointed by this book it's i'm always suck. eternally disappointed when people say the night circus because i suddenly realize that they're not talking about knights at the circus <laughs> by <laughs> no, no. Not, not the same <laughs> But I feel like magic you, and Caitlin. magic and carnivals and circuses go so well together. Yeah, and I feel like it's yeah. one of those things that like I've seen it done a lot, but this book did it really, really well. And I loved the inclusion yeah. of like the abuse and stuff. Obviously, I don't like abuse, but I think it was handled really mm-hmm. well in this book as a YA read. And I just think mm-hmm. that it all worked really well together. And it was just kind of like going into this weird dream whilst I was reading it and like living in this world for a little bit. And I just adored it. I was just like blown away because I didn't really know what to expect when I went in. I kind of went in thinking this is going to be a bit shit and (laughs) came out and I was like, it was bloody brilliant. So I'm pretty sure it comes out really, really soon. It definitely comes out in January. So you should get it. Oh, well, I have the arc on my shelf. So maybe I should get to it really soon. (laughs) You should. I second this. So that's my, my third one, which... It's solid recommendation. A solid one that neither of you have read, but trust me, it's good. It was definitely my favorite. Like, I'm YA glad to hear book. it lives up to the Night Circus comparison because I like you. Yeah, usually it's different, but I it's like that particular lovely. comparison. Mm. So it's darker right, than Elizabeth. Night Circus. Oh my god, choices. Final one. Round three. Oh. Final pick. Um, I know I've talked about this forever again because my favorite. <laughs> well, kind that's of a sign stick, of your favorite. Yeah, is Nine Fox Gambit by Yoon Ha Lee. Honestly, can you explain to me what that book is about? Because I still have no idea. <laughs> I really liked it, but I have no idea what happened in that book. It's about revolution, man. <laughs> it's 
fighting fighting the system on like it, it is the weirdest book to read because as far as i can tell most people go through it having no idea what's going on but loving it anyway yeah cuz like i could very loosely be like oh it's about two groups that are fighting about a thing and one of them resurrects a really good like tactician to attach to another person so that they can be smart what? that's all i got yeah that's like basically. literally all i got from that like 400 page book yeah i'm assuming other stuff happened yeah they they like attach this general's ghost onto this other soldier lady so there's two of them sharing a body and they talk oh. to each other and then they have to like go and break into some fortress which as far as i can tell is like a space station because it's all in space are they fighting over calendars? Is yes, the they're fighting over calendars. Like Calendar-based science yes. or something? Calendrical yeah, he- heresy it will be your new favorite <laughs> like thing. Like I said, loved it, no idea what it's yeah. about. It's, but still really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, it's authoritarianism. It's about an authoritarian system, a, a government, and they, the people we're following are soldiers for that side. Mm-hmm. But then it's about people sort of squabbling against it and the problems of it and it's fascinating because it's done in such an unusual way and you read it and you're kind of puzzling it out but also absolutely loving it because it's so beautifully written and the characters mm-hmm. are just wonderful and there's little robot friends yeah. <laughs> and that sounds really silly but there are and then I there's like, like robots. jokes about no, cabbage delightful. and like oh well and the general that they resurrect is such a, a delightful oh, asshole tortured character of like the best kind yeah. so okay. it's just but so there's good. also all these beautiful lyrical moments where she's at, like where somebody's like eating shards of soul glass and oh god oh my god it was so beautiful but it's it yeah it's got all the elements wonderful characters beautiful writing incredible political like just self wonderful like compared to the the political climate at the moment it just makes you want to be like yes this i am inspired it supports your need to be inspired by the the current mood so i love it and everyone out of that one isn't there yeah yeah there's another it's like mid i'm hoping it's one of those things where like when we get to like the more books that come out and the more actual like you know obviously information that's revealed it will start to like, I have a feeling this is going to be one of those series that you kind of need to consume as a series, mm. whereas, like, the individual books might be slightly more confusing. I feel like confusing. Um, I like Ancillary Justice. It's probably worth rereading because once you've puzzled mm-hmm. out what's happening, when you reread it, it'll make so much more sense. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Like, I'll probably reread it before this, right before the second one yeah, comes out. Yeah, I, so I, I think can that's do it why. as, like, a unit and then... So that is my I might read it for the first time. But it's it's worth it reading. It's beautiful and confusing yeah. and yeah. wonderful. I was going to say, even not okay. knowing what it was actually like happening, I still read the whole... I mean, you know, it's not a small book. It's a pretty big one. So I was still, you know, there's enough there to still no. thoroughly enjoy. <laughs> if you um, enjoyed The Quantum Thief or mm-hmm. Ancillary Justice, you will love this book. Yes. Uh, and speaking of books that make you... Uh, feel empowered i had to get a little bit of nonfiction in there i was so tempted to put this on my other favorites in my video but i picked a different essay collection so right now i'm going to talk about geek feminist revolution by cameron hurley oh, um, yes. because i loved this book 
I read this book in essentially one sitting, and it is, for those of you who haven't read it, it is an essay collection of some work that Cameron Hurley has published previously on her blog and in various um, like magazines and, and outlets, and then also some new work that she wrote specifically just for this collection. Um, and she talks about being a geek on the internet, and she talks about engaging politically, and she talks about the importance of self-care and meeting your basic needs in terms of how that affects your creative process and she talked about how hard it is to be a writer and to make your living doing things creatively and it just was so wonderful and delightful and there was a lot of stuff in here that I had read but there was enough stuff in here that I hadn't read yet that I felt like it was a good like investment like I felt like mm -hmm. I wasn't just rereading a bunch of stuff she had already published so that I'm highly recommend. <laughs> Plus um, the one about the llamas yeah. at the end is always worth rereading. Mm -hmm. I was saying, and she had a really the the I still frequently think about the collection or the essay from this collection that was about uh, Mad Max Fury Road and how that story works and functions and how the female characters in that movie um, tell the story and about how they function with the character of Mad Max. And so it's just, it's just really great. It's as a collection. I just highly recommend there's something in there for everyone. I think if you are into the internet and geek stuff and pop culture and feminism, and if any of those things are something that appeal to you, this is a book that will have like something for you. Definitely agreed. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. All round. All right. So that's, so bonus round, okay. Oh, no. Bonus round, oh no. No cheating, Caitlin. You, I, you have to pick one, one thing. thing. You cheated like every other round, so I you got to entirely. One well, thing. I like cheating, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I will stand by my cheating, because they're all good. Um, one thing, okay, someone else go first then, because <laughs> I don't know. I'll go, I'll go, because I got mine picked out, because I wasn't sure which to pick for my last okay. one, so... My last one for the bonus round is Sorcerer of the Wild Deeps by Kai Shante Wilson. It's freaking fantastic. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's beautiful. It's one of the tour novellas, so it's really short, but it's god, just... The tour is killing oh my god, the line, man. They are just... I think they just <laughs> hit this need that people have for shorter stories. Like, we just... Mm -hmm. People love them because it's something you can sit down and you can probably read in one go. Even if you're mm -hmm. a slower reader, maybe like two sessions, like, you can just get mm -hmm. through it and it's a whole story all on its own and... Yeah. Yeah, it's just I feel like we should just recommend like the Tor novella line yes. like, as a publishing line like It's good, yeah. For the most part, for like sure. they've just b really been knocking it out of the park yeah, this year. It's they really have. Novel. Um yeah, Lee Harris I think is their editor. He came over from Angry Robot and he's doing some good work. Mm, um absolutely. but yes, anyway, Sorcerer of the Wild Deeps, it's about a sorcerer surprisingly enough and he is <laughs> he's joined on to this like caravan in term like not like a vehicle but like a group of soldiers and merchants traveling across a desert and a jungle from one city to another and so he's helping protect the merchants and their goods and he is in love with the captain of the guards and they have this secret relationship and they stop in this city and there's all this like everybody believes in magic and there's like magical stuff happening and the sorcerer is obviously a sorcerer but they don't know that he is it's so strange mm -hmm. it's like wonderful it's like 
they're living in this world of folklore and, and legend and stuff, and they don't realise that the person they're jokingly calling a legend is actually one of these people. Actually, yeah. And, um, yeah, and then there's this whole relationship stuff going on, and it's complex, and, you know, they're having bad times and good times, but it's so... Oh, the love is so, so perfect and beautiful. It's so beautiful. <laughs> but also what I love was the combination of science fiction and fantasy. It it really showed what fantasy can be. Like it pushed the boundaries mm. in a really interesting way because it pushed them into that typical thing that science fiction does, which is any sufficiently advanced technology is um in you can't separate it from magic. I can't remember what the word yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um you can't tell it from magic but they did it from the magic side where you can't tell it from magic so he's Mm -hmm. so you're sort of like experiencing him in the world as though you're one of those people and he's he's saying oh he's doing this magic but then he talks about it in these magic words that are things like antibiotics and quantum Mm -hmm. physics (laughs) and you're like oh my god and then so it's it suddenly becomes this there's going to be something in the future where people are going to become some other level of of being that has yeah like godly powers and the rest of us are going to be like down in the earth not really understanding the science (laughs) anyway it was Mm -hmm. just brilliant the way it brought in science that made the magic something else that made it Mm -hmm that made me question a lot of things and and like think a lot which i just adored plus beautiful 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 and the language was amazing i was gonna say the writing is so good it's yeah such a delicious thing to read yeah gorgeous okay can you do you are you ready to go caitlin or do i need Um, to go still are you ready uh, I'm I'm ready, but I'm a bit worried about the one I've chosen. <laughs> you can do it, Caitlin. I have faith in you. Um, okay, I have chosen Mistborn's Secret History, which is why I said I'm worried about it, because <laughs> Elizabeth obviously hates Samson. However, judging off of what she just chose for her last one, I feel less bad about it, because I didn't like the last one that you recommended very much at all. <laughs> so I feel like I can go for Mistborn now, because... We've agreed to I'm disagree. I'm kind of glad you said it because I was going to be like, "Oh, Elizabeth, Caitlin hated that book. That's so interesting. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Lots of people don't actually. I love, didn't hate love it. it. I, I agree with what you were saying. I just felt bored by it. So that's just, that's just me. <laughs> but equally, um, Mistborn Secret History will make no sense to anyone who's not read Mistborn, and it's very like niche kind of thing, I guess, yes. um, because you can't read it without having read many other things. For me, it was one of the best things ever because when you have a series that you love and something new gets added to it years later that you just never expected and it was planned and it fits so well and you're like, what the F? How have you planned this for so many years? How have you made this work? And it was just like a whole mind-bending, blowing thing that happened and I was in a massive group... um, of like Sanderson fans who were all reading this mm. together and I think that probably added to it as well mm. but we were discussing so many things and it was just like a beautiful experience shared between a group of my lovely friends and it was just so good so if you have read all the Mistborn books maybe try that one if you've not <laughs> ignore this recommendation <laughs> or if but, you're like elizabeth ignore this recommendation yeah. 
but also I think it's a recommendation to read things with people or join in group oh, reads yeah, or like yeah. you know Goodreads groups or where, whatever because mm. it's such an amazing experience and that's like yeah. part of why we do this podcast like, mm. it's just yeah. you get so much out of chatting about something or experiencing something with with other fans or yeah. other people especially in that scenario where you know it's already a thing you all in like love and mm. have yeah. in common and exactly. so you can just share how nice it is my whole thing with because i read miss born's your history and like i enjoyed it i really like the miss born books my thing with him is the same thing it is with most high fantasy authors who are doing shit like that is like you got other things you need to be writing <laughs> and you got other shit you need to be doing and you got some 1300 page books that you have promised some people for a very long time that you need to be working on oh like, i like, agree I'm not with to that be the, yeah like i'm not trying to be misery up in here and like be the taskmaster but at the same time like if Go you were george R. R. martin and you were you are brandon sanderson and you're like editing things and coming out with these like interstitial short stories like false you need to be doing the thing that you should be doing which Chelsea is a big book whip you, you into shape <laughs> do the thing or chelsea is coming okay. for you do the thing i do like, think that like, stormlight 3 is complete now chelsea so it is coming out in 2017 yeah uh it's not complete till i got it in my hands <laughs> and the words in my eyeballs so stop doing other things publishing because that is how that works i can just like make that happen <laughs> okay <laughs> So that's okay, my final my... one. On to you, Chelsea. Yeah. Okay. Bonus. My bonus round pick is not a book at all. Uh, I guess this is me not cheating. Not a book? Because it's not a book at all. I, because 2016 was a year of garbage fire, I spent a long time just kind of stewing in media that I knew would make me feel good. Uh, I made it a big part of my self-care to only surround myself when I was at home with like things that weren't going to stress me out, uh, like the news and things on Twitter and other shit that's really depressing. So I watched a lot of Star Trek. Um, Star Trek to me is a very feel good kind of show. Specifically, I watched a lot of Star Trek, the next generation. Um, anyone who knows me at all knows that I have a really deep and probably borderline unhealthy love for Will Wheaton and everything that he has ever put his hands on ever. <laughs> um, so, um, Nodding along here. Given, yeah. given that there's not a ton of that in terms of like visual media in between Stand By Me and TNG and then like tabletop, there's, you know, a pretty sizable gap in terms of like visual media there. I spent a lot of time rewatching TNG. Um, it's just... That show for me is, I think, a very, obviously very, very far future, but still future look at what humanity could potentially be like if we embraced so much about what makes us good mm -hmm. and stopped putting time into so much of the shit that makes us bad. Mm. It's a show that gives me a lot of hope, but also inspires me to be better at a lot of things and to try and act more rationally and with more patience and kindness to people who are different than me, which I feel like in the upcoming years is going to be a really important skill to have and is going to be like a worthwhile life lesson to learn. So, you know, I mean, plus Jonathan Frakes is really hot and Patrick Stewart looks like really good in those skinny <laughs> pants that they have to wear as part of their uniform. So like oh, several layers of good never things hurts. all happen here. Yeah. I I can 1000%, 100% agree with Chelsea because I am a huge TNG fan and I can honestly say that it it has inspired me to improve and change my life multiple times and I have the big Star Trek tattoo to prove it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um 
yeah, it's just beautiful. It's it's this ideal. It's not idealized, but it's it's a positive view of what we could be, but mm-hmm. that does not shy away from the complexities. So mm-hmm. the way I've always heard it described is like Star Wars is that rebellion thing where you can get behind it and you fight the evil, but then. Star Trek is what happens afterwards. What happens when you've fought mm-hmm. and you've won and you are the dominant power? What are yeah. the ethical complexities that you have to deal with? What do you still have to fight for? What do you still have to deal with? And it's just wonderful because it, it yeah. can inspire you on a personal level and a political level. Mm-hmm. And it's just so... It can be all of those things and at the same time it's this really fun, episodic romp through space they do a really good job of balancing some of those deeper issues with like then Q will come along and just yes. like be a dick and fuck around with people <laughs> just to like because he can well, because they do, he's all powerful well they do but, like, time travel episodes and have to dress up yeah or like Picard just decides he wants to be a detective in the 1930s so he goes on the holodeck and like fucks around for an episode those are actually my least favorite not gonna lie I usually skip those episodes <gasps> just full confession I know I know but I mean I'm just saying <laughs> They're just, they're my least favorite. <gasps> the so. Time's Arrow should, with the time travel is literally my favorite episode ever. <laughs> it's good stuff. I'm a really big Riker uh, Crusher shipper. I'm really into William Riker and Wesley Crusher together. So if one of them is not in the episode, I find the that my interest level that Elizabeth just pulled was priceless. <laughs> I know. Hey, this, hey, this is one of those ships that like I got behind in 2016 as like ride or die. Like I've had so many different conversations <laughs> with people about this. I'm not kingship. <laughs> it's like no 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 hey man no king shaming there it's just one of those things where hey man cheers 2016 i have no <laughs> it was one of those things guys it's just what are you gonna do yeah it happens um, it and happens it happens and that is the perfect <laughs> note i feel like to wrap up our 2016 favorites on <laughs> i think it was, we a, have it was one year, more you guys. thing that we need to talk about oh we do but that's a 2017 oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. thing no, exactly. no, 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 no. What else what did I? we do in 2016? We started this podcast. Oh, we did. Oh, yeah, that's true. This is a favorite. Yeah. That's a good choice. Bonus favorite. Elizabeth well. and I are both like, what? What are you talking yeah. about? What I else happened what that was happening? even remotely good in 2016? <laughs> God, how can you have another thing? <laughs> oh, man. We did. We no, started it. it. That's a nice thing. And we've done we well it, with and it. We have I each think. other, we've, and we have we've a kept thing. it going despite the fact that we're in two countries, three countries, I suppose, and like different time zones, and it's a real struggle sometimes. But we we <laughs> love doing it. It's yes. good fun. So yes, yes let's and move on. It will bring us many good things in 2017. So yeah. let's, uh, I guess, switch gears and go. Currently, do we Ooh. want to talk about what we're currently reading, and then we'll talk about what's coming up for yes. February? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm reading Vigil. What's ooh? I'm so excited. The t- wow. first books of 2017, you guys. I just realized that like this is the thing. Oh, this is first this is my first book of 2017. That's true. So oh, okay. My first yeah. book is <laughs> Vigil by Angela Slatter. So nice. this is the first book in her new series, uh, which is the Verity Fastbinder series, um, mm-hmm. and it's her first sort of big novel because she's n- known for her short story collections and. Mm-hmm. has done amazingly well with them like the one world fantasy awards and all kinds of things and i met her at um 
Nine Worlds convention and she was so lovely and sh she gave me a copy of her book and I've just started it and I'm like three chapters in and it's so much fun. It's an urban fantasy set in Brisbane in Australia and there's like all kinds of, she calls them the weird um, and it's like all different uh, supernatural creatures so there's like vampires and um like medusas and fawns and everything all together oh, all cool. living in a kind of secret really cool. version of yeah, the world I like the and, idea of fawns yeah and yeah. verity herself is kind of like a detective um mm -hmm. and she's going to investigate like this mystery of like kid lots of kids have gone missing and what's going on and oh so so far it's really exciting and her writing is fantastic so i'm excited mm. for it sounds Wonderful. good i do have that one so maybe bump uh, it up should i go i guess yeah. i can go next you go i we my husband and i have a tradition of watching really bad 80s movies on new year's eve uh the last couple years they've been Tom Cruise picks, but this year we watched Point Break, the seminal Patrick Swayze, Keanu Reeves surfing bank robber classic. If you <laughs> have not seen it, oh. I'm going to cheat and double bonus round recommend Point Break and that you remedy it and go see it immediately. I have seen it. It is fantastically it's bad. So good. Don't see the new one. The new one is, we're not going to talk about that, but the 80s classic is just, a, just I feel like it's Oscar worthy <laughs> right there is what we're talking about. Um, but watching that reminded me that I have an essay collection on my shelf that's called Life Moves Pretty Fast, The Lessons We Learned from 80s Movies and Why We Don't Learn Them from Movies Anymore. Oh, so I've heard about by, this. Yeah, I Yeah, think it's I by Hadley Freeman. And it is, she looks at several, um, basically, you know, pop culture kind of hits 80s movies and talks about the lessons that they taught us and then also looks at movie culture and how movie studios and movie production has changed so that, like, we don't get movies like The Breakfast Club <gasps> and Dirty Dancing anymore. My we God. get, like, Transformers 8000 and, you know, <laughs> Captain America <laughs> fights the giant space lizard or whatever <laughs> the hell it is that we're still doing with superhero movies. Oh, um, good time. So it's just really good. And so I'm, like, 30 pages in. The first chapter is on Dirty Dancing, and it talks about Dirty Dancing and abortions in Hollywood. Oh. So, like... Oh. My jam, like times a million. I am just, I'm really looking forward to getting into it. She talks about all the 80s movies that I love, and there's even a couple that she talks about that aren't my favorite. She talks about The Lost Boys and like Weird Science. <gasps> I love those movies. I know you do. I know you do, darling. And I like them too. They're just not my favorite. I was a John Hughes yeah. side of the 80s spectrum, I which also is just love a little them. bit different from like that. They're just like different paths of the same tree. Um, but yeah, so that's what I'm currently reading, and it's, you know, just some light, nice, light nonfiction about things that I really love, so it seemed like a good way to start off the new year. Lovely. That does seem like a good way to yeah. start off the All new right. year. Caitlin? What do you have, Caitlin? Okay, well, I have two books that I'm reading, because I'm always reading more than one, as you know. <gasps> Cheater! I'm gonna keep <gasps> cheating! This is my episode <laughs> where I cheat, okay? <laughs> so I have, uh, the book which is called The Adversaries, and it's by David Hare. It's a YA series by David Hare. He is the author of the Moontide Quartet that you, if you know me at all, know that I fucking loved. <laughs> like, absolutely adored it. Um, <laughs> so this is his YA series and it's all about um, reincarnation and battling gods and like, second lives and third lives and it's really cool. It's definitely not, like, inspired by western culture in any way and i really like that and it's set in india mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool mm -hmm. so far um i'm like 
a third of the way into that one. And then I'm also listening to Between Two Thorns, which is the first book in the Split World series by Emma Newman, and it's narrated by Emma Newman. So I'm freaking loving it. It's so good. That's a good choice. She's so lovely. Yeah. I love her. She is great. So um, it's narrated by her. I'm loving it. It's about a fae kind of civilization and there's like a girl who's being hunted she's tried to get away from her fae family and they're trying to hunt her down and stuff and then there's this man and things are going on but I think it's kind of urban-y fantasy so I haven't really read any urban fantasy and I was kind of just feeling like getting some urban in and I decided to go with that one plus it has a very very beautiful cover which Mm. I also very much like Lovely. Oh, that's pretty. They cannot yeah, see that, that on the radio. I know we'll they can't see it. That's okay. It's we'll put pretty. a picture of it in the show notes. We'll make sure you guys can see it. <laughs> Very pretty. So those are the two things I'm currently reading, starting off the new year in style. Wonderful. And then, so going ahead from here, uh, obviously this is our January show, so we will return in February. We are starting off with a science fiction book. Because we read fantasy and then did nonfiction, so we were back to science fiction in the rotation. So for our first official uh, Magical Space Pussycats read of 2017, we are going to read Foreigner by C.J. Cherry. Uh, Originally published in 94, Uh, basically it is a first contact story. It is about a spaceship that crash lands on a hostile alien planet that is inhabited by a sentient alien race and so we follow them through their interaction with the aliens and the evolution of these kind of two cultures as they come together and clash and how all of that happens so yeah uh badass lady author and space aliens sounds right on brand for us i think (laughs) for the first read i'm excited for it because i've read down below station by cherry and it was so good it's like, it was like mm-hmm. really interesting. Some bits I still think of like to this day, and it was a fair few years ago that I read it. Like I can still remember lots of bits of it, and I think that's a good sign. Yeah, mm-hmm. that bodes well. So if you want to join yeah. us, let us know that you're going to be participating. Tweet us, leave us comments, whatever you want to do. Yes. But yeah, definitely join us because that will yeah. be a fun one. I think we'll all be reading it over the month, so you can tweet one of us, and we'll yeah, somebody so will be reading it. Plenty yeah. of time, and yeah, one of us will be reading it, and we'll be happy to talk to you guys about it. Um, But yeah, so that about wraps up 2016 and takes us into 2017. We hope that all of you guys had as good a year as was possible for (laughs) you to have in whatever way that manifested itself for you. And going forward to 2017, we just hope that you find good books and consume good media. I feel like that's a solid... Joyful Solid wishes wish of good, yes. good culture. Yes. All good things, etc., etc. <laughs> um, so I think yeah, all that's so. left to say is Happy New Year, and we'll see you next time. Thank all you for right, listening. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.